I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Jokes with Mark Simmons, a podcast where I chat to another comedian about jokes they cannot get to work. As always, I'm joined by producer Joel. Hey, hey, Joel. Um, oh, I just got an email. What well, a good timing, wasn't it? Do you know what wow. it is? Wow. Yeah, I do. Um, it's from Spotlight, and oh, I get yeah. these emails constantly. Is it a casting? Yeah, but I don't. It's nothing to do with me. My agent's meant to have these, but some they always come to me. Do you, yeah, yeah, this is what they've just, Spotlight just sent me. Go on. Do you want to have a guess what what role it is? Uh, tall, freakish goon. Can't believe you just did that. <laughs> Unbelievable! No, Joel. My point was that it's nothing like me. Is what they've given me. Yeah, that was my point. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, here we go. Male gardeners. Male, sixty-one to sixty-nine years old, in B and Q. You're at least ten years younger than that. <laughs> um, Got to be within the M25. Uh, we're mm. looking for seasoned gardeners <laughs> in their own gardens. Men who mow, plant lawns, a bit sexist, uh, and vegetables. Yeah. All ethnicities. That's good. Good. Tick. Um, shouldn't be over 69. Oh, rude. What? 69? Mm. That's fun. There you go. Wh- so, wow. Right, what a world. I'm just going to reply to that. <laughs> um, yeah, I get those all the time. And I, I've tried to unsubscribe. They just keep coming. I don't want them. What do you think you'd get found out on first? Not being between 60 and 69 or not being a seasoned gardener? I suppose I'd probably have to send a video, wouldn't I? Yeah. So I'd have, have, to, do dis- I'd have to do it at distance. So I think yeah. I could possibly... Well, it's snowing at the moment, so I can't mow in the snow. Good point. Ooh, the, look, you sounded like a gardener already. Oh, well, a poet. <laughs> the fact that I know that you can't mow when there's, <laughs> when there's snow on the ground makes me a gardener, does it? Yeah. yeah. Is it snowing where you are, Joel? It did snow, yeah. Not it's not snowing anymore, oh, but it's it's been constant here and it's still loads of snow everywhere. Oh that's nice. Well, is it? Can't really well, go anywhere. Not... The roads are awful. Yeah, but you aren't going anywhere. I was gonna do some gardening though. <laughs> what in someone else's garden? Yeah. But yeah, can't do any of that. It's cold though. I went for a walk and there was slippy sliding everywhere, Joe. It is cold. How do you get on with the, is it what's the heating situation in your house? Because obviously you're living with your parents at the moment. Can you dictate when the heating comes on or do you just sort of have to They're live with it? They're pretty good with the heating actually. Yeah. Oh, they like it being on. They do and we've got a little uh, sort of, I don't know what you call it, a, st- a stove fire? Is it a stove fire? Is that a thing? Mm. Where wood the burner? Is a wood, well it does burn wood, yes. Mm. We've got, got logs and I'll, I'll, sometimes I'll, I'll st- stick a little, a little log fire on, Joe. Oh, that's nice. And uh, you know, I'd like to toast marshmallows so here's to all the marshmallows. <laughs> There we go. That's one of my new ones from my new show. That's great. Yeah. And if you'd like to hear my new jokes, I'm going to be doing another Zoom soon-ish with all my new bits. Um, so let us know uh, on my social media, at Jokes with Mark, and then send us your email, stick you on the mailing list, and then you can come and ch- log into Zoom when I do it. When I live with my parents, that sounds very exciting, Mark, and I hope everyone enjoys the show. When, when I live with my parents, um, the room I was in, was like part of an extension that had been built on the house and, and clearly been built quite cheaply because it felt like it was made of paper. And it was so cold in my room, right? 
It's so freezing cold. Yeah, I'd wake up and be able to see my breath in the morning. It's that cold. <laughs> Some t- this is completely true. Sometimes I'd come home and if my parents were having company, like they're, ha- they're having a little dinner party, my stepmom would just use the room to store the puddings in. Because <laughs> it's so cold. So I'd go into... The- just the ice cream. I'd go- yeah, so I'd go into my room and there'd just be like six creme brulees on my bed. <laughs> that sounds nice. It's not nice. But they also would never turn the heating on. Probably because it would melt all the puddings. Yeah, and f- yeah. papers, c- you know, could catch fire. It could catch fire, yeah. Yeah, go watch there that. You go. little insight there. Yeah. So I just eat all the pudding to spite them. Uh, wow. That's nice. I wouldn't move out if I were you. <laughs> I think pudding equals better than heat. It's a <laughs> you, that's a good question. Here you go. Let's have that that's little a poll. a great question. little poll on... Uh, on Twitter at jokes with Mark, let us know uh, pudding or warmth. Eating. <laughs> yeah, you should do, yeah, do, do a prefer. poll on Twitter. Pudding or warmth? Yeah, it's really that's tricky, isn't it? I, it depends on how warm and what pudding. Yeah, and how much? Because pudding can only last a little while because it'll get it's a bit sickly, isn't it? Yeah, bowl of ice cream twenty and twenty three degrees. I'm a big fan of warm puddings, though. That's the thing. I'm not as. Oh, big that's going to warm you up. I know. If you I have know. a nice sticky toffee pudding and hot custard. You don't need the heating on. Oh, I love a sticky toffee pudding. Yeah, me too. Anyway, who, who <laughs> have we got this week, Joe? Well, we've got the amazing Mr. Ben Norris. Oh, it's, oh, this is a good podcast. If you're here to listen to joke chat, we've got some joke chat for you here. We've got too, if anything, we've got too much joke chat and it's, it's tipped over into our Patreon at Jokes with Mark. So head over there if you want even more Ben Norris joke chat. You know what I liked about Ben Norris, Joel? Prepared. Brought his notepads. Prepared. Love Very a guest prepared. prepared. I love I love a guest that has his notepads out in front. It's good. Good stuff. Good solid stuff. Let's stop talking, Joel. Let's just listen to it. This is so weird. I, I can see myself and then I can see the sheep all walking... I saw that, yeah. Parsley. Cool. Getting tired. <laughs> yeah. Go. Well, just don't... don't I, get, I, get, I, I get them don't to do them. that on purpose for the joke. They, yeah. They do, they do it every time I do this. So, yeah, yeah, that sounds perfect, mate. That, the okay. Stuff, the stuff so, that some you, of them I've you, definitely... Some I've tried. Some I've, I have never tried. Some I've tried and it works, but I've sort of dropped it for one reason or another. Perfect. Or I can't find a place for it. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because it's... And the other thing is I've never been a very disciplined comic over the years with regards what my house style is. Do you know what I mean? I I, I either have... I mean, you've seen me Mm. enough times. I've got routines and I've got a few bits that are just one-liners you know yeah yeah and i try and, and make them sound like throwaway stuff mm. so that they so i can make them fit in and that's the other reason some of these things have never got into the set because they they're not quite one thing or the other you know yeah that comes up a lot with acts that have more of a conversational style that when they have one-liners they have to kind of set it up in a certain way to sort of get away with it otherwise the audience is like what's, what's he doing why has he suddenly changed gear into yeah nonsense yeah no it can be very confusing you know I, I was always slightly frustrated at how uh how we you know we all talk about freedom and when you see a comic that seems seems to have a freedom about their performance that is a wonderful thing mm. but it is a contrivance to some extent as well because ultimately the audience is in charge isn't it yeah because um you know, you can be as free as you like and you can have the funniest idea in the world in your head. But if 150 people in a room don't agree with you, <laughs> at the end of that line where you pause and nothing happens, <laughs> ostensibly you've failed, haven't you? Mm. And you, it's all very well thinking, well, I still think that's funny. But yeah. in that moment, something's gone wrong, you know. And yeah. and it doesn't, it doesn't, that situation doesn't exist anywhere else, does it? Everything is... You know, if a rugby player scores a try, he's scored a try. It can't be just be a try he liked. Uh, you know, I think. Well, I think that was a good try. You know, um, but in our in our world, there's loads of situations where mm. we're frustrated that the audience isn't quite the right audience for us. You know. Yeah, that's the thing is when it works some places and doesn't work other places. So you, it's just that consistency, isn't it? So are you an act that will you just 
do you just want stuff that is consistent throughout? Because I'm like that. I, I don't really like doing anything that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. I want it always to hit. Well, I, I think it depends what mood you're in, doesn't it? Because um, I, I definitely think if I've done stuff that works 50 or 60% of the time and I find myself in a, let's just say, a golf club one of those kind of weird gigs, which yeah, can be yeah. fantastic, by the way. I'm not saying they're all. But, I mean, but, you I know, kill for one now. Oh, absolutely. But you know, you look, you look out, and there's mostly men of over 55 with red faces and and white skin, and and there's certain things that uh, just don't. They just it's not in their world, and they just don't get it. And I, and I'm frustrated them because I think no, this is a good joke. Mm. You just. You, you you guys just don't have the reference points to kind of do the uh, do the maths. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I won't feel bad about that. I'll just be feeling slightly. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be thinking, well, this isn't this isn't this crowd's not good enough. Uh, <laughs> would you but, then stick a, a bit in that you you know will work for that crowd? Afterwards? I think I would. I still would. My, I, the professional side of me would think, mm. okay, now it's time to get them on yeah. side again and to win their trust back. So, and I think that's the professional thing to do. I don't think you should be beholden to any one crowd. Mm. But but if you did 20 minutes of experimental new stuff because you thought it was great and they just sat there having a bad evening, I, th- I don't think that would be fair. <laughs> that is a job at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, but I think they, there's, a, there's a happy place mm. between those two. I, I really think it's a mistake to only do stuff that you know crowd pleasing stuff because that we all know that's been that's been the death of some comics you know that they've yeah, yeah. they've their set has become blander and blander uh, and yet more hit hit the high numbers you know hey they're all laughing yeah but you know look at them uh, <laughs> that's the beauty so, of one liners is that you can chuck in one joke that maybe they don't all get on board with because ten seconds later there's another one when it, yeah. when when there's like a routine. I imagine that's really tough getting halfway through it and being like, they're not going for this. It's a horrible feeling. Yeah. And, and sometimes I think you just have to acknowledge it. You know, I mm. think it is sometimes completely fair enough to go, yeah, this isn't for you, is it this? And that will get a laugh usually. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they do recognize uh, and appreciate self-deprecation like that. Don't they? <laughs> if you, if you say no, I'm just, I'm failing. Uh, I think they yeah. find that British audiences, especially they think no, mm. now this is funny. This yeah, is now yeah. the guy's dying and he knows it. Great. So I think that's your get that's your get out clause, isn't it? Make them laugh about the fact that you know it's not working and then and then hit yeah. them with a knob gag. Yeah. Well sometimes on. yeah, sometimes I think they do just need to be explained to what's going on. Because otherwise they just assume you're rubbish. But if you just say yeah. to them, Ah, this that reference point I I'm I'm gathering a lot of you don't know the reference and all of a sudden they go, Oh, yeah, we just don't know the reference. Yeah. yeah it's us it's not it's not 100 him but you've also got to be incredibly careful about not patronizing them that that is a mistake they don't I, like have, that. I have made that mistake before but sometimes audiences like i do a thing where i'll say if if if, if they, i do a cleverer one and they struggled a bit as an audience um i'll i'll explain that some of these are thinkers and then and then and but then that's <laughs> if only you were yeah yeah <laughs> And then, and then sometimes that just makes them think, oh, we've got to think about it. And then they're fine after that. They just right. they weren't in that gear. But yes. sometimes when I say that, afterwards I then say, so if anyone wants any explained, put your hand up, we go through it. And a lot of the time they really laugh at that because they're laughing yeah. at themselves. But some audiences don't like that second bit. They, they, they think you're being patronizing. Oh, he yes. thinks we need it explained to us. So I have to kind of judge the audience and if it's sort of your Guildford sort of place I won't say the second one because the kind of the posh of the place they don't like being spoken down to in that way I don't know what yes because they're looking at you thinking um I've been privately educated how dare you yeah 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 that's 100% it yeah but some people's brains just don't work in one linery thinker way so they just well it's because The other thing is a lot of the stuff that comics like when you hear comics in dressing room shooting the shit and and talking about ideas um we i think we like stuff where some of the ingredients are you know here's the ingredients i've put most of them in place all you've got to do is you know add hot water and put it in the (laughs) mug you know 
yeah. <laughs> this, this is an analogy on the fly, by the way. But I love it. But you know, but you know, it's that thing of, um, it's all, you, you do the last bit and you you enjoy the creation of the punchline sort of thing, and um, I think some audiences just aren't ready to do the mm. work. They, you know, I've 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 literally had audience members say, "Mate." I've been at work all week. I don't want to think too hard, you know. Yeah, I've had that. Just yeah, yeah. do the joke. Just do the joke. And they do get, get, move on, you know. Some of the um, um, cleverer bits I, I do, sometimes I only have those in my show when I do it in Edinburgh because when I do it in Edinburgh, people come because they like one-liners. And if people like one-liners, they like to have to do the puzzle. They like, you know, they appreciate having to work it out and they get satisfaction from that. But if I'm doing a regular club, I won't even bother with that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I think it's, I think I I would have thought most of the more valuable audience members are the ones that will appreciate that you've constructed a thing that you're, that you really like and that, they, and that, and that you're expecting something of them, you know, mm -hmm. that, that they are expected to do a little bit of the work and that it, it is a, a battle of wits and they're part of it's not just you saying look how clever i am it could be you saying look how clever we are yeah yeah that's you know? it. yeah uh that's what it <laughs> let's i mean it shouldn't be a race to the bottom should it, it we should it, it, if you'll pardon the oh uh you know it should, <laughs> oh uh it's not a race i stopped no um it's uh, <laughs> oh god god i've been on my own a lot um I know yeah no it shouldn't we should, we should aspire for more, shouldn't we? We should we, we should want mm. it to be, uh, you know, imagine if Shakespeare, halfway through writing a sonnet, thought, nah, these cunts will never get this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I think I'll chase some of this. Um, that wouldn't have been ideal. But, you know, like you say, I think I do, I do think the other thing a professional comic does is weigh up the crowd mm. and work out wh which way to go. But, but you can get that wrong so easily. You can... Mm. I have often underestimated an audience. I've looked yeah. at them and thought, mm, they, uh, these look like a real bunch of thicky wife beaters. And then, and then, then, you know, and then they're not. They're clever and you, wife Or you beaters. get a heckle that, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you get a heckle that, you know, is extraordinary. And, and, you, have, and you have to go, I wasn't expecting that in this mm. Millwall supporters club type room, but... It, you know, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it teaches you to don't don't underestimate people. Mm. So yeah. so tell us some bits. What have you got? What have you brought with you? Well, I've gone through lots of notebooks here, and I. So, so how many years I do they span? Well, these are mostly from the last six years, I'd say. Okay, cool. Yeah, in fact, I found some that was that would that I tried in an Edinburgh show in twenty fourteen. Mm. So they've, that's quite a long time ago, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, was just, I just remembered. So, so you're talking about sometimes you do jokes, like joke jokes, and sometimes you do other bits. We there's been two occasions where I've written a joke and I've been chuffed with it, and then I've watched you and you've done it, and I've been like, oh. But, but which shows yeah. you do you do write those sort of jokes? Like one was um, um, sucker, like what you have to suck a copper. Oh really? That's quite an old one, it's right? Like a two pence piece. That's yeah. a really old bit of mine. Yeah, mine. yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um, I don't even think I saw you do it. I think someone told me. So they saw me right. do it, and someone because I don't even know if you'd been doing. Because the that. jokes about because um, it's uh, meant to stop uh, you uh, if you've been drink driving. If you stick a two p coin, you, I don't know if it's an old wives' tale, but that's meant to stop the breathalyzer yeah. working or something. And then obviously, suck yeah. So the way up. I'd say it is a friend. A friend of mine said. Uh, he thought that you could get around the breathalyzer by simply sucking a two pence piece. And I said, I think you've misheard that. What you've got to do is suck a copper. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, I think I did yeah. it slightly different, but essentially it was the same joke. Right. Um, God, that's quite an obscure reference point to get a gag out of, isn't it? Yeah. So it, I guess it shows that the kind of, you know, the mechanics of the comic's mind to think there's something, there's something there. There's something in copper. I've, and I'd, two I'd, heard, I'd heard it as a thing. And then did it went from there. So I, I think someone told me you have to suck a. I mean, I can't remember. It was, it was a while ago. But a sucker copper a coin or a coin. Be, yeah. yeah, yeah. So then I worked backwards from there. And then what was the other I know one? your other one. The other There's one was one. Uh, re I, reading I, I, reading yeah, uh, erotic I discussed... literature over these. Oh, I didn't say yeah. erotic literature. 
So, right. see, even, right. so there, it shows how that's a better joke that you wrote. So I'd spoke about right. it on the podcast and what try, it wouldn't work. And I was trying to work out how to do it. And it's so weird because I lit, it was that Chris, Christmas one we did in Brighton. Do you remember? It was a weird. Oh God, yeah. Was it a? It was a load of builders, or... wasn't it? Yeah. It was a. It was a corporate mm. in name only. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and you did that joke, and it was literally like two weeks after I spoke about it on the podcast. I was like, that that really oh. works, and it's so much better than what I'd done. What, oh, what was mate, it? It must be gutting because uh, you know. So well, I... my version is. Mm. Is it you're going to do your version first? I can't really remember my version. It. it was something like. My girlfriend gets annoyed when I read over her shoulder. No, when I read over, yeah, over her shoulder. And then from there, I was trying to get to we're having sex from behind, basically. Right. And I could never get yeah, the word okay. in quite right. But what, what's yours? Cause yours so are... mine is uh, when I was a teenager that we didn't have access to pornography on the internet. So uh, we had to use our imaginations. And I discovered that my mother had a selection of erotic novels in a bookcase. So I'm not ashamed to tell you, I used to masturbate to my mother's erotic novels. And it really upset my mum because she said she didn't like people reading over her shoulder. <laughs> so you're the, well, yeah, oh, I hope you're not having sex in that one. But you're, that's, so that's the difference, isn't it? That's, oh, that's so much, that's good. That's really good. And it's so much more. Well, it's of, one of those ones where. It's more believable you, because it's not really believable but she, that she's reading while we're having sex. Whereas it's more believable that your mum's reading the book. And, and I've mean, crept up behind her and I, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, everything, <laughs> the image is horrendous. I mean, I look at you um, and think that is something you would do. <laughs> well, when I was 14, for sure. I mean, <laughs> you know, if you're horny, you're horny. Um, but what I like about it is it on the way on the journey to the to the punchline. There's quite a few laughs. The audience mm. are they? I think they think I'm just doing a sort of uh, you know or an observational. You know, like some observational comics don't really have punchlines. It's just amusing stories about things that they that happen to them. Mm. So it sounds like one of those. And I'm just sort of admitting that I hey, I used to wank to my mum's books. And yeah, then yeah. it's got that old school proper pull back and reveal punchline at the yeah. end so it's sort of, um... i think they're the best because if you're getting laughs on the way and then you hit him with a proper surprise yeah you're gonna get a much bigger response at the end and it just is so so satisfying but yeah that's yeah. great but i gave up on that one straight away once i saw you oh, done it well, really well so I, 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 apologies no problem mate i just <laughs> i just write more jokes it's fine well i, mean, I just write more of your so. jokes <laughs> um so well i'll 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 take you through some of these i just you know when you asked me to do the this podcast i i uh, i knew i've got notebooks i've loads and loads of notebooks and quite Mm. often what i do is i transfer i I fill a notebook with ideas yeah most of which will never see the light of day and then the slightly better ones i transfer to the next notebook and and on it goes so i found notebooks here with about 18 of the same bits just (laughs) just written again and i think i hope that each time i transfer them to the next notebook that they'll become more uh, doable Mm. some of like i said some of them i've done on stage some of them i've never done on stage and you 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 said you're happy with that so yeah that's what so some of them just the it's some of them are just aren't bits you know they're musings that i think might turn into a bit Mm. so this might fall into that category i've just written uh i like it when people say my mind is made up because you feel like saying wow your mind is made up (laughs) how existential is that (laughs) so your mind is made up but you're real uh these are big concepts so that that, there you go that that's so that's That's not a bit is it or a joke but it's it could become one maybe at some point. I don't know. I like mm-hmm. it. Like it's, it's one of those that is, I think that's a prime example about what we were talking about. As in, I don't think a regular club audience may go for that as an idea. Yeah. But to me, that's, I mean, that feels sort of Stephen Wright kind of Mitch Hedberg-y in sort right. of, do you know what I mean? World it's, man, I f- it's like, I had a few a bit like the, on that same, also, category. maybe you're not weird enough. Well, there is that, um, and that, and and if you try and play out of style, you know, I think that mm. confuses audiences. I think you have to find a way. Sometimes you have to chop it all up and rebuild it and make it work, make the same thing but work in your voice. Mm. And 
I think there has to be, I mean, that for the first six or seven years of any comic's life, what they're doing is developing something about themselves that's unique. And that, and because there's hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of comics, you've got to be different to all the others. And the easiest way to do that is to be yourself or a version of yourself, isn't it? And a big mistake a lot of comic, new comics make is that they're being everyone but themselves. They're, they're, you yeah, can yeah. hear all the other people they're being. And all the um, different so, comics yeah, think... that they've watched and have been influenced exactly. by. Exactly. I, I mean, that, and, that, that and was that's, me. You know, I mean, I'd watch. But that's a... a that's your that's a fine way in, isn't it? Because mm. it's you know you're learn you're learning a new thing. I think when you come to write in an hour regularly, I think that's when you find out wh- what you are because you can't turn over the material enough material in all the different styles. I don't think. I think it's too difficult. I think to actually be able to turn over the stuff, you need to know what you do and how your brain works best for yeah. coming up with stuff. Because I, I remember when I started, I'd watch a Michael McIntyre DVD and then I'd write loads of jokes like him. I, I'd have him in my head because I've just watched yeah. that. And then I'd watch Ricky Gervais and then I'd have him in my head. And that it, it, all completely different. Where it, And maybe they would be able to do those bits, but just don't. I had him in my head... I had him in my head once and I didn't even get a support to her. Um, <laughs> uh, what was I saying? Um, yeah, so, so yeah, there you go. S- silly. Um, well, so I've, I've just uh, highlighted a few other bits. So this, there's not much in this. So which notebook. notepad was that? Was that an old notepad? So this is an old, fairly old note. This is probably six years old or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's another just one of those concepts it seems to me that the world is basically divided between two different types of people those who are comfortable with massive sweeping generalizations and those who aren't and i'm firmly i'm firmly in the second group uh that's not that's not really um it's just a thought see i sometimes i just wish i was a journalist because they could put something like that you know what i mean they could put something they, like they, that they all feel would... like one linery based ideas they all do you yeah. know what I mean? Do you do you tend to use write like that and then make it bigger to make the routine? Yeah, some yes, and often that's what happens. Is I go uh, when I'm chucking a new bit in because I don't do much. I, I I don't do many new material nights because mm. I, I I heard you saying on, on one of your other podcasts how much you love that feeling of starting again at the beginning, and and yeah. I I have to confess. I don't love that. I, f- I find it really, I find it really difficult. Because I, I, I mean, I've been doing this for twenty-seven years, and I find it really difficult to feel like a newbie again. I mean, I, right. I like, I like uh, the thrill of a new bit, mm. but I, all, I have to have already established myself as a, as a, right. you know, reasonably competent pro comic. Yeah, I, yeah. I, and I, and that's that's a weakness in me because really I shouldn't give a shit you know know what i kind of cheat though a little bit because i see what you mean because i think if i went on stage without my notepad or my clipboard i think i'd feel the same as you i'd want them to know i'm good at this but when i when i go on and do new material nights with my new ideas i have them on the clipboard and instantly that tells them i'm i'm kind of know what i'm doing yeah if you you know what i mean because i go yeah jimmy carr used to do that Mm, he used to do that for his act. Jimmy Kai used to do. He do it in his act. I mean, he just yeah. go here. We go forty-seven jokes. Strap yeah. in. You know. I, I watched his. Um, well, basically, he's quite an influence of mine in what like him onlineers because um, I, I I remember watching the, his first Royal Variety when he sort of broke, and he he and I I rewatched it the other day and he has his clipboard then for the Royal Variety show like it's amazing to it's, see that he Do you know what what it's what a great prop that is in in mm. so many different ways it looks like you just it's just a you know a, a matter of business you've actually got stuff on it it should you need it so you know where you are yeah yeah it's the perfect cheat and it makes people think oh this guy he doesn't look care how, this look guy how confident good, he is. yeah but, but I, you know, so I think I understand what you mean by that going on without anything like that and just doing jokes that could be bad. I think I'd probably feel the mm. same as you, but I feel like because I, I do it in that certain way, I get the buzz from, I don't know if this is funny or not, but also they, they, yes. I, well, the I, last, 
the last three or four new I have done three or four new material nights maybe in the last year the year before the apocalypse you know yeah um and I did that exact I big, big bit of card folded in two with lots of just reference points mm. on it and I made it very clear that's that that's what I was doing and I really and I did actually really enjoy that because like you say the audience are for well it was a new material night so they knew that's what we were there for but they it was like they were in at the beginning of something mm. and that you weren't promising a great deal you know yeah. but so so they were surprised at any of it being anywhere near sort of um club standard mm. and and because a lot of these ideas have been knocking about in my head for a long time some of them were pretty good jokes you know so uh i was able to really enjoy it and and it mm. actually made me think i must do this more often uh, and, the, you know, one of the reasons I didn't do many new material nights is because, uh, you know, I had a wife and three kids and mm. I was doing four nights a week, you know, making my living on the club circuit. And yeah. to say to them all on a Monday night, I'm off out <laughs> to earn no money and not spend any time with you again. It was difficult. But now they're teenagers and my mm. wife uh, doesn't love me anymore. It's much easier. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm joking it's actually quite uh, where zoom gigs are quite good now if if you'd like playing them because you can do them and then you can be back in the house in 20 minutes yeah which is yeah uh, yeah no I, I i've done only done a handful but i've done no new material ones mm. but are there are there new material zoom gigs because yeah there are a few I, I did one do you have a gig for ryan mold at the attic in Ox Oxford, the attic. Mold in the attic. <laughs> right, seems right. inevitable. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, is that the one in? Uh, is, is, um, is Andrew uh, Bird something to do with it? Yeah, he. I think he does one at their other venue. They've got two venues: one in Bicester, yes. one in Banbury. But he, I've he, done he, one of them. I did one of the um, his new material ones last night. It's just sort of ten minutes. It's a fair amount great. of people, and I, I literally went on with loads of new stuff. But it was great; it gave me that buzz, and I now know that a lot of the stuff I wrote isn't shit. So it makes right. me feel confident to write some more now. It, it does. It, it, it isn't helps. it amazing the 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 difference between a line that's been said in a room before and one that hasn't? You know, yeah. If you've tried some new material some a couple of times and it, and it's got laughs. You, the, the third or fourth time you deliver that material it's almost ready because you yeah. believe in it you mm. believe in it and it's just so i think people who aren't stand-up comics are surprised at that difference yeah i think they think you could just write something look at it on in a notebook and think right that's a good joke and of course we all think that we think well, that's a pretty good joke it, but the audience is the one you know that's mm. if three or four audiences say no it isn't it probably isn't you know? <laughs> and it's so and that feeling in your chest when you you know when you fail is is hard yeah yeah i mean what that's one of the reasons i and again that i do it with a clipboard and i just have it the mic in the stand and i just really i just save the jokes because if it if it gets something i know that when i come to perform it and i'm walking about the stage like i would normally that will add to it yeah. and it should get a bigger laugh. So it kind of, it tells me that if it gets anything, I think, you know, when I perform it properly. Potential. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got the joke police coming after. Oh, you can hear that. Any little bit. Well, bit this is South East London. Uh, I imagine <laughs> um, somebody's just entered Tesco's without a mask. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> So what else have you got down? Um, I'll just whiz through a few of these. Yeah. Uh, so bread, they said bread's fattening, don't they? Bread, fattening. And yet the French, they eat lots of bread. And we don't think of the French as being particularly chubby, which just goes to show how many calories you can burn off simply shrugging. Um, <laughs> so that, that is, that's a really, that's a funny idea. So what, right? what, so what have you, has that been tried? I've tried that a couple of times and it got laughs. I think it was just one of those bits that didn't... St Find a place. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. So I think if you just said that and then moved on, it, needs to be it part would be a bit weird. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Or if if there is any French in, like in the gig, yeah. and there's you just you could just say, "Oh, I love the French," and then go into that as a bit. I guess. Well, my could... go-to French bit, if I ever had a French person in, I would say, "Oh, I love the French. I love the the language. It's so beautiful. Uh, so sexy, isn't it? Like the French." For instance, the French call the orgasm uh, la petite poix, 
Uh, no, no, uh, Le Petit Mort, which means the tiny death. Uh, petit Pois means tiny peas. You don't want to get them too mixed up. <clears throat> Come back from Tesco's with a bag of frozen spunk. Or worse still, chuck frozen peas up your wife's back. Um, there you go, that's a bit, bit X-rated, bit X-rated. So would you... <laughs> Yeah, so so would so would you always do that bit, or would you judge it on the crowd? Like, well, that's a good example of a bit that I rarely did, um, unless there was some friend. Unless yeah, there was so a that's the same thing, really. A French so, reference, you know. So that that other one you just said, if it's a crowd that you don't think the X-rated version would work, you could then dip into that, I suppose. I, absolutely, but I need to I, remember it. That my other major problem is that I am not brilliant at remembering things. So once I, I get really, going yeah. on a bit. Then it all just. It I, all I tend comes to be really out, bad but... at remembering things in general, but with jokes, I tend to be all right. I, I don't know whether that's just because I prioritise them in my head. I don't. Well, know. I've never understood how one-liner merchants like you can possibly know where they are in the, in the set. <laughs> you know, because I, at I, least with a lot of my routines are two or three mm. minutes long, and then the end of the routine, there'll be some kind of linking device in that that reminds me of the next three or four-minute routine. But when you've just done. One line, then one line, then one line. How do you, how mine the are do loosely you know linked? Are? So right. there's a, there's a link in my head, even if it's not apparent to everyone. There's right. a link to what to the order that I'm doing everything. But because I've been I've written so many jokes now, I've I've just sort of I can go into the crowd and just ask, ask for a topic. A, yeah, or ask a question or anything or where are you from, and then I've got a joke. I've got some French go-to jokes. I've got other bits That's and great. pieces like that. Like I've got a joke I really liked, but it, no one gets it because it's not it's not that funny. It's just sort of clever. Is but unless you speak French, you won't really get it. And if you do think speak French, you just think I'm just saying a normal phrase. So I say I've been learning a lot of French. You know, uh, bonjour, which is of course hello, uh, au revoir, which is of course goodbye, and bien sûr, which is of course it's of course. So, oh, I see. Right. right. See, I was hanging on there for the next. Bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's what happens. And people do. And if people don't know what that is, it yeah. just doesn't work. It just. But but if there's someone French in, I'll I'll do it and then sort of play off it, because you can then play yeah. off that they're the only ones that understand it, and then that can you can generate laughs from from that. But yeah. But yeah, that's but would an that put of... you off? If would that put you off doing that bit, or are you just happy to do it and, I feel and see where it goes? Enough where I, I I don't care. As in, I'm confident enough that I can just manoeuvre it back into the gig from that. Because right. I establish as soon as I go into it, I establish. Oh, I've got a joke, a French joke that never works, but because you're here, I'll, I'll do it just for you. Right. So, so by doing that, the the audience aren't expecting to get it, so they're not disappointed if they don't. Right. But it does need that. If I just went into that joke straight away, it wouldn't work in the room. It could derail yeah. the gig. But... Well, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of these, I think one of the problems with some of these bits is that they need to be developed, you know, and they haven't mm. really come out of the book. Uh, they, oh, here's one. This worked quite well, but again, I didn't find a regular place for it in the act. Uh, there's a lot of products, aren't there? There's a lot of products out there uh, with strange labelling. See a lot of strange labelling. Uh, for instance, I was in my local cafe the other day and up on the sign on the specials board, they had uh, carrot and come in soup. Now, if there's one thing I don't want to find in my soup, it's carrots, can't stand them. Um, <laughs> so, um, That's so funny. That's really good because space, because the audience hmm. think they've got to the joke early essentially yeah and then you've swept it away the rug away yeah that's great i like that so Thanks, have, have you tried that at all no yeah that's been done a few times and that was part of a i had four or five jokes about labeling okay let's see if i can remember any of the others oh um they i, I used to do a bit about um a a, a washing powder a did you know a detergent uh, that was came out a few years ago, and the genuinely the advert, the the poster said, "Now with the mysterious scent of jasmine and black gardenia," and uh, I don't know about you, but I don't know what either of those two things smell. Like. But if there's one thing, if there's one thing I don't want my pants to smell. It's mysterious. <laughs> I wouldn't want anybody sitting next to me going, hmm, "That's 
that's mysterious. Your, your jeans <laughs> smell mysterious. Do you think perhaps they didn't dry properly? Uh, so, so did you just see, did you that. just see that on on a product and then? I, I remember the very moment that I was on my way to a gig in Liverpool uh, many years ago, and I saw the poster and I thought that. Jasmine and Black Gardenia, mysterious. I'm going to talk about that tonight. For just, right. just for some so you reason. just went on stage. So I just with went, it. started riffing about that, and then wrote it in a notebook, and then tried to develop it into a bit. Right. So that's not something I always do. But was it better for, on the first day because it was fresh and you were you'd just seen it? Do you think? No, it, I, no. It was what that was an example of something where they went, "Hey, hey, lad, <laughs> what?" Uh, um, I think I think it got giggles like yeah that's an amusing idea perhaps right. you should write a bit about you know um, mm. and so but I do I because I'm not a prolific writer I do often rely on my improvisation on stage to turn into a bit because right. I am in the most um, I'm in the best place for productivity right in the middle of a set because I'm full of adrenaline. Mm. People are actually sitting in front of me laughing. I'm feeling the best about myself as I've felt for 24 hours at least. And yeah. funny ideas are occurring to me because I'm being funny. But, right, you know, yeah. the following rainy Tuesday afternoon sat at my breakfast table, I ain't mm. being funny. And I find it much more difficult to find the funny, you know. Yeah. But if I've got a, the seed of an idea from the funny... Mm. Where you know from the from from the place where it was happening, then I can remember and put myself in that position again. That's good. So yeah, because because I can't ever do that with what I do really, unless I do a quick comeback from something someone said and then think that wordplay works, and then work out how to make it into a joke. Um, but on the way home from a gig, I'm at my best coming up with ideas because I've got that buzz and you've been in, I know what you mean. You're in that headspace of funny. Yeah. So that's, yeah, I, I can relate to that, which is really annoying. Cause then you've got to pull over to try and write your ideas down or the amount of jokes. I've Well, forgotten. pull over. I mean, that's a bit safety conscious, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you can't. I was at a sucker. Hold the, you, <laughs> you telling me you can't hold a steering wheel and a biro. Come on, mate. <laughs> um, so let me go, go have another look at my book here. Uh, it, remember, if you're not part of the solution, you're part of the problem, or you're insoluble. Uh, <laughs> but that's not. If that works. But that's 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 really one-linery. I know it's a weird yeah, way it of saying it, but it's like it doesn't hundred percent suit you, does it? In no. But it is funny, and I think you would get laughs for it. But I think if you were a weird, I feel like you need a weirdo character that you could just sort of break out every so often. Yeah. And just, cause that's, to me, that's- That that's, would be fun. That's that kind of, it's the same thing. It's that kind of Mitch Hedberg-esque kind of think, way of thinking, I think. Yes, but isn't, isn't it uh, irritating how, in some ways, how confined we are by all mm. the work we've put into to being the person that works on stage is also a bit of a prison in some ways. Cause you mm. think, well, I'd like to, you know, musicians can go, hey, I've done a country and western album. And people are like, oh, okay. Um, I mean, that's probably a bad example. But, you know, uh, it's, it's I like, think it's hard for a comic to, in 20 minutes into your set, to just go, now I'm going to be someone else. I'm going to do a different thing. Yeah, well, something like occasionally, see, I, I rarely come up with, like, have stories or things happen to me that, that I think are funny enough to do on stage. But occasionally I do. And I can't do anything with it because it just seems so weird. It just it doesn't work. Because all of a sudden I'm saying, no, no, you have to believe me. This is true. Yeah. Whereas all the other stuff, it's it. They just know it's not true. Whereas a bit Absolutely. where they rely on it being true. The only way it's funny is if it's true. Just just. Yes, and I much. think I think the exact opposite is true, isn't it? If you've spent mm. the whole set convincing people that your everything you're telling them is part of your hilarious life, and then you say, so I was sucking off an alien. You know, it's yeah. that's. <laughs> That's going to be tricky. That's not true. Well, it depends what you mean by alien. Uh, it was in the back of the lorry. He <laughs> uh, was very cold, I'll tell you that. Very cold. Um, that's not nice. Don't, don't put that in. Um, 
Okay, let's do some tasteless stuff. So uh, here's one. My uncle, um, after 47 years working for the same firm, when he retired, they gave him a golden handshake, which I thought was a bit weird, you know, pissing on his hands. Um, <laughs> so, uh, the child, so, my, so, so on linery, saying hands twice is, is a little bit, but I don't know if I care actually with that one. I thought with, because the emphasis was slightly different, it, it kind of, mm. you could, you maybe just get about, just get away with it. Um, and, and also there's no other way of saying hands, is there? Kissing no. on, uh, pissing on the end, pissing on the ends of his no. arms. Uh, doesn't work, <laughs> does it? Uh, and, and his golden digits. handshake is the expression at, so you can't replace anything no. there. So actually you're, yeah, yeah. It, you've either got to abandon the idea or do I did write it in a notebook and never say it. Hang on, so, so um, when it was, so 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 in that joke, someone's told you they've had this golden handshake, and you've assumed that. I guess that's how that it. works. That I think what, yeah. what a golden handshake must be like a golden shower. Yeah. Would it would it make it funnier if it was a way to make it that someone said you have to give someone a golden handshake, and you then misinterpret it and piss on their hands? Yeah, maybe. I don't know whether that would up up it. I mean, it makes it a bit it is more unrealistic because because the original version it's realistic because it's just your thought that you got wrong. Yes. Whereas actually following through. Whereas I feel like in in a one linery set you might get away with it more because everything's made up. Pretty much. I get. You know what? You just made me realise there's an, there's a, yet another way of approaching that one gag and saying. So my uncle retired from his. 47 years uh, in his office recently. And he told me they gave him a golden handshake. And I said, what was it, cash or a watch or something? He said, no, they pissed on my hands. That that you rhythm know. is so much better. That, is it better? In, yeah. it, well, joke-wise, joke, joke wise, that felt really good rhythm to me. That was... Right. Did I... Did I, I do and it? also, I, I really do? like conversation jokes as well. Right. Personally. Yes, well, yeah. So uh, I, I like the back Okay. Forth. Well, there you go. We've actually workshopped something there. Well, you've got three different versions of trying that now. So you've got no excuse, mate. You've got to do, you've got to do it. Okay, we're on the tasteless uh, topic, aren't we? So here's another one. Um, it's another uncle one. Uncles are very useful because they haven't got the emotional attachment yep. that I, with your parents. Uh, I have such strong memories from my childhood uh, linked to smell. Uh, like I distinctly remember my uncle's MG sports car. I remember the smell of that car so well. It smelt like uh, uh, sex uh, with a nephew. Uh, <laughs> that's not nice. It's Have not you tried nice. that? Or did you just think no. of that and go, that's not ever... <laughs> that's staying in the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting but, you what you know, said about the uncle thing being... Because with the emotional attachment with your parents, but also for, for the people... Listen, for, so if your parents watch that, then it is about them there's no one else it could be about but with uncle it could you've got lots of different people it could so if, if an uncle watches it if uncle steve watches it you might be talking about uncle Derek. do you know what i mean so there's not well that kind of i'm i have to say i'm i i had a lot of uncles uh, my father was one of 14 catholics oh, wow <laughs> so we had a lot of uncles uh, now i could talk about all of them with impunity because every single one of them is dead <laughs> Uh, so, you know, um, I'm, I, 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 yeah, I can do any uncle stuff I like. Um, do you want some more? Do you want yeah, something man. else? Yeah, yeah, let's do uh, This one I've definitely, this isn't uh, filthy. Um, I like the concept of hidden tracks on CDs. Do you remember hidden tracks on CDs? Mm. Yeah. So you let the CD play and if you left, left it two minutes, suddenly another track would come on. Sometimes it would really put the shits up if you were a bit stoned or something, but... Uh, <laughs> But I like the I like the concept of hidden tracks on CDs so much that sometimes uh, I come back on stage about five minutes after the gig's finished and do one more joke, and uh, often it gets a very similar reaction. Uh, that, so, so to me, what I like about that is if you were doing an hour, yeah, you could do that joke earlier in the set. And then at the end of the show, just as everyone's leaving, you could come back, come on, back on, and it'd be a lovely. Call, do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yes, it's a good idea. The reviewers yeah. would love that. Do you know what I mean? It was so, oh, he's, he's put a lot of thought into that. That's great. 
Right, I'm going to whiz through a few of these so that I don't uh, lose my confidence in them. Or I should lose my confidence in them, probably. Uh, hey, kestrels, right? Kestrels. I, I read that kestrels mate for life. And yet, I've not heard from Tarquin since June. Um, so, you... so, I mean, it's, it, I like it, but it's a, it's... It's it's silly, isn't it? It's a bit too far. It's silly, fetched, maybe. It's like root, naughty Tim Vine, isn't it? Yeah. If, if Tim Vine would do a joke about having sex with a bird, uh, then <laughs> that's the one for him. Um, our new doctor. Do you think Tarquin's new... a bit? Tarquin's threw me a little bit as a name. Oh, okay. Do, do you know? I was trying to think of a good name for a kestrel. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know why. The Tarquin. This seems really out out of nowhere. But then, what? Yeah. But, but then, no kestrel really has a name. Bob, Bob the kestrel. <laughs> Maybe yeah. <laughs> it's quite a tricky one, isn't it? Flappy? And it's a good, uh, flappy See? or something like nicknamey for a bird. Pecky, pecker. Here's one for your listeners. Uh, write into Mark with a suggestion for good names yeah. for a kestrel. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, oh, his Kez. Kez. Well, Kez was the famous book film, and yeah. film. Yeah. yeah, very good. I yeah, but yeah. I saw but a thing saying... the other day. Someone posted the other day a clip from it. I'd never, I haven't ever seen the film, and it's got that that guy, that bald guy, and he was in a lot of films back then. He was the teacher. Yes, uh... but he was in something else that I used to watch when I was a kid on VHS. And I couldn't think what it was, but I recognised, I really recognised him. Was he a wrestler Brian... or something? He... No, he was, well, if he was, he kept that quiet, but he was, a, <laughs> I'm, see, I'm probably 20 years older than you, so I remember him very well. Uh, Brian, can't remember his name. I remember him very well. I don't remember his, what he's called, but he was in lots of stuff like that. He was always the angry bluff mm. northerner. Do you know what? I just remember what else he's in. He's in um, American Werewolf in London. Oh. Do you remember? And he's the guy, one of the various angry men in the, in the slaughtered lamb, when they go in the slaughtered lamb. Rick Mail's in there as well. Oh. Remember? So they all turn around and it goes silent when they walk in. And Brian Glover. Oh, well done. I think it's Brian Glover. And he follows them out of the pub and says, stay on the path, lads. He's worried about them. And uh, great film, right? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen it for years. Oh, it's good. We watched but, but it recently. Got, yeah, I've been going through loads of old films in lockdown. There's nothing else to do. So I would look, look that up. Yeah, no, it's really worth seeing again. So here's another filthy one. Um, my son, uh, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have pre prefaced it like that because you're not meant to know that yet. You remember how jokes work. Um, so my son uh, came home from school the other day. He said, "Dad, uh, we had a really weird test question. It said, um, it said, explain what an, it said, explain what an anal orgy is and provide examples." And I said, do you think it might have been an analogy? <laughs> oh, my God. That's, does that does that work? In the, I, well, it's, I, I've only done it a couple of times. But and no, no, I mean, a, as in written down. Anal orgy, analogy. Well, obviously, it, it would have to be written down wrong, but it's mostly Oh, okay. There. Yeah, that's... An analogy. That's... Maybe what if yeah that's I've never that's really good I like that it's that's a, bit a bit like, like my... that's a bit like the catholic the catholic one right and, and the um, what's the other one the 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 ray um, therapist something for, oh psycho the rapist Psy yeah psycho the rapist yeah it's got it's there used in that to be sort at least field. two comics with that gag on the circuit at the same time when I very first oh, really? started doing comedy in the early nineties there was at least I think Noel James did it and yeah. there was at least one other comic doing I've it at I've the same seen, time i've seen jimmy carr do it in a dvd right but noel james has had a lot of jokes like that that have found, you know i've you know found that have been way elsewhere found their way elsewhere yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really annoying so that's so he's that a very one. funny man yeah, yeah he's a very he's, funny man isn't he oh, he's so good he's so good um i did a lot of gigs with him early on when i was comparing for lone star in kent and he did a lot of a lot of yeah. shows and just when when he's on a roll it's just un it's just unbelievable. Once you know, once the crowd are, are with him and he's got that get got them, he just keeps yeah. going and going and going and going. And to do that with one liners is really amazing. I think. Yeah, because well, he's genuinely, you know, he is an eccentric gentleman, and mm. uh, in in the 
in the best possible way and and i think audiences might think he's putting on an act whereas once you get to know him you're like no that's noel right and that's really funny because this is this is a man being a funny man not someone pretending to be a funny man and uh yeah no i've always really been very fond of his act yeah Mm. with the um analogy joke could many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out my solution is plush care plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey they can prescribe fda-approved weight loss medications like wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify plus they accept most insurance plans to get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Could it? Would it add to it if it was? Who did you say said it? Your son. Yeah, I say my son came home from school and said he had a weird would test it, question. Would, would it add to it if he was dyslexic in the joke? Or do you think that it doesn't really matter if if it's the wrong spelling? Because I, I, to be honest, I think people will laugh without really thinking about the, the correct spelling. But sometimes with jokes, subconsciously, if something isn't quite right, it can stop people laughing. So I don't, I don't yes, know. Yes, absolutely. Well, I've again, again, I've had several jokes over the years where I've said to other comics, especially, why doesn't this work? I think this is really funny. And, and oftentimes it's because I'm willfully missing the thing that's tripping everyone else up because in right. my head, you know, do you know what I mean? I'm, mm. I've decided it's funny. So I'm, I'm deciding not to think about that middle bit that's that's making everyone else go, but that doesn't make any sense. Because in, in my head, it's like, well, don't worry about the details. But <laughs> yeah. of course, the details are important. But I think anal orgy analogy are close enough, you know, yeah, for it to, you know, my Cockney joke, you know, the thousand pound one is, is a similarly, which one, you know, that? it's a, so I say, um, I met this, uh, I met this Cockney bloke and he said, the, the economy's fucked. And I said, what do you mean? He said, I've just heard on the radio, there's only a thousand pand left in the world. And I said, no, pandas in the wild. <laughs> yes, I remember that. That's great. So that's, that's the uh, same thing, but that works. It's a sound joke. It's a joke about sound and language, isn't it? So yeah. uh, I'm sort of hoping that anal orgy can fit into that yeah, same I think that's good. place. Where would you put that as a... If you got a bit that, and that's another, that's another, that's that's another reason why. Some Ironically, where to put in the it? Book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there's a clue in the question. Ben Norris, <laughs> hashtag awuga to Ben Norrisa. There he is. Good stuff. And like I said earlier, if you want more Ben Norris joke chat, head over to Patreon dot com for slash jokes with mark uh you sign up there from as little as three pounds a month really helps out the podcast um uh, joel um mark we well we had a re- we had a nice review on itunes did we what did they say i can't remember did they say anything nice about me i don't think they did mm, i think they said there's... I, th- I think actually i'm regretting this now because i think they said something nice about me and i, I can't i feel a bit weird reading it out so i don't think i will do you want me to read it out have you got it in front of you? Yeah, I have. Uh, uh, okay. It's right. from Cole Stewart. Ooh. I'm big on wordplay, timing, and technical aspects surrounding comedy, so this is the perfect podcast for me. Oh. 
Mark is so clever and it's enlightening <laughs> listening to comics so speak about their broken jokes. Perfect. Five stars. Oh, but that's very Thank nice. you very much, Cole. I mean, it's interesting that you didn't mention me, but I'll take it as read that... I don't know why he didn't mention you, Joel. No, no, it's weird. Do you think he Because I'm the one sort of edits it to make you sound clever and takes out all of the really stupid stuff you say. I do say a lot of stupid things, Joel. But yeah. actually, most of if the you time, think, you do if you keep think, the stupid stuff in. If you think you've heard Mark say something stupid on the podcast, you have no idea what you've not heard. <laughs> one day we'll release all the stupid things I've said. Yeah, if you ever slight me in any way, shape or form, I've got the mega I think, tape ready I think to go. stupid things are endearing. Mm, what about Absolutely. racist things? <laughs> Oh, no, dear, that's just some Joe. of the guests. That's some of the guests. It's not Mark. <laughs> no, that's just Joel being a silly yeah. boy. So if you'd like to leave us a review on iTunes, head over there. That'd be much appreciated. Um, Joel, uh, well, we're going to carry on chatting in the Patreon in a minute. So yeah, we are. We're going to do a little bit of the old Mark and Joel on demand. See what we've been streaming. Um, mm. But for this podcast is there any, anything anything more any, anything more from you joe uh, nothing more from me mark anything more from you mark? nothing more from me joe hashtag awooga everybody hi this is craig robinson from ways to win and support for this podcast comes from invesco qqq The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.